Man, I'm having so much fun. This is a $1.6 trillion industry. I'm talking about the food and beverage space. If you're not having fun, you're in the wrong place. Yes, it's hard work, but my gosh, the companies, the brands, the flavors, the experiences, the missions, it's fantastic. But some of the brands are different, better, and special. They're the ones who are able to really compete and vie for customer loyalty. Look, I know you want to make your brand different, better, and special. I know you yourself want to be different, better, and special. That's my mission. That's why you're here. Join me on this journey as I interview CEOs and founders from all the different companies within the food and beverage industry so we can discover what they're doing, so we can take that information back, digest it, and become better ourselves and to help our companies take on different strategies, pick the right technology, pick the right partners. And of course, you got to have great tasting food. You got to have great tasting beverages, packaged goods. If it doesn't taste good, you're lost. I'm sorry. You're going to lose millions. If you're new here, take the five episode challenge. Go back, pick out some brands and CEOs, some topics. If you love the content, subscribe. You're going to find it on every podcast platform once or twice a week. But I also publish them on LinkedIn because that's where we kind of hang out. So when you see it on LinkedIn, stop by, make a comment, share it back into your food and beverage network. I would appreciate it. The brands would appreciate it. To all my loyal listeners, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being with me on this journey. Thanks for coming along on this mission for the past two years. If you are considering a strategic job change, message me. Let's have a confidential conversation. If your brand is growing and you need to attract experts, you also need to contact me because I have created a different, better, and special recruiting system. I promise you, no other search firm in America is doing that. Who am I? I'm Tony Moore. I'm an expert food and beverage headhunter, semi-professional podcaster, and I'm here each and every week Stay tuned for this week's episode. Welcome in, everyone. I'm Tony Moore. We're back with Winning at Work podcast today. And uh, today I have the founder and CEO of Nuri, uh, Caroline Beckman. And we've had some interesting conversations about science, uh, technology, um, advancements in just the the food and beverage space as a whole the you know entrepreneurs are they're really pioneers in this space they're trying to bring better food and beverage and nutritional solutions to all of us and there's many challenges that are involved in um, bringing scientific advancements to to the public and she had some interesting concepts interesting ideas around that we're going to kind of get into that um, Caroline, thanks so much for, for carving some time out. It's very early for you over there. In- <laughs> you're an, you're an early bird. It's not that early, but no problem. Happy to be here. And thanks for, thanks for having the conversation. Well, you know, for some people it is, uh, with the three hour time difference. Um, I've, uh, I've had team members that work uh, really all across the world. So I, I've, I've gotten used to working with people at all, all different time zones. So kudos to you for getting up. You must've had your, uh, probiotics early had some some good coffee had some probiotics ready to ready to go now we're ready to to roll we get going usually people in the office around six or so so no big deal it's uh early work culture here 
I like it. Well, you know, you're out in California, so I can only imagine, you know, early to work so that you can go surf or do something <laughs> super yeah, fun. We, we, right? are in a, we are in a little pocket of uh, heaven, if you will, here where you can, you know, during the winter surf and snowboard or ski on the same day. So that's kind of oh. a, yeah, it's a, it's a nice and you're one of those <laughs> yeah, and we do engage in both so yeah it's a it's an oh, awesome point. yeah that is that that's fantastic yeah i've heard there are certain areas in california where it's within just you know a little bit of time you can literally put all those those great activities in, in into one day um i gotta say i you know we you and i've already chatted once but i was kind of going back and looking at your linkedin profile and i've thought it was really funny how you said you were a proud college dropout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah I mean, story? It's, it's an interesting, it was, it, actually this came up yesterday, something else I was talking about, but um, yeah, so I, I grew up in California in Sacramento, Northern California, and then went down to the university of San Diego and uh, loved it. I mean, uh, had a great, you know, first year, got involved in different uh, business groups and had plans to study abroad. So loved the college experience. Um, but I also was helping start a company and uh, a couple of weeks into being at college, uh, joined a, a group of entrepreneurs who were starting a juice company called Suja Juice. And I really was thrilled with the, the work and creating a physical product um, using technology in food and beverage and learning a lot about um, how things are brought to market. And so, you know, thankfully the product ended up hitting the shelves, doing very well and scaling very quickly. So I ended up dropping out my second year. Well, technically I took a quote unquote leave of absence and I've never been back. So I'm still absent. Um, still, <laughs> you've not quit. Yeah, you actually exactly. technically haven't quit. Exactly. But no, I, I, I left and the company did very well. And, uh, it's, it's really, um, it's been tremendous ever since. And so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I also got into consumer products and that's how I started learning about food and beverage. And then was, you know, thankfully connected with some other great young people who are building things such as um, the Teal Fellowship, which is Peter Teal, who's a tech entrepreneur and got connected with, yeah, connected with other people that were my age um, and doing really neat things. And so ever since then, I've been involved in a number of different startups, uh, all really around consumer though. So yeah, the, the college dropout story is funny. And now it's becoming you know, I would say over the last few years, but definitely over the last decade, you know, the, the idea of does everyone need to go to university has been challenged as you oftentimes are graduating young 22, 23 year olds who have, you know, debt and uh, it's going to take them a long time to pay it off. And so there has, you know, been, I think, a more serious and and um, rightfully so good conversation around if if institutions are necessary for everyone. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, my answer would be no, they're not the right fit for everyone. And I'm a big fan of trade schools and apprenticeships and all oh of that. Oh my gosh. hundred so percent. Really, I wish I had a bell I could ring for that. Yeah, yes. exactly. So, you know, and, and, and on the flip side of that, I mean, uh, a lot of great friends of mine in, in legal work as lawyers or, or my sister even in medical school. So there's definitely a need for, higher education. Uh, it just needs to be well thought out. So anyways, that's, that's my story. But, uh, for, for what I've done so far, I've been very intentional to, um, it really, it's like what you would call continuing ed, right? So constantly learning and also with 
what we're doing now, the science of it is pretty intense. And so knowing when we need to bring on um, different people to surround, you know, surround the brand and surround the innovation, whatever it is that we're working on, who are the expert, the PhD, and then plus some in that area. So we're never shy to reach out and say, hey, we need we need the best person in the world to work on something like this. Um, and, uh, and so there's, yeah, I think the self-awareness as well uh, of what you don't know. Well, and it's even easier today to get connected and define experts because of the communities and all the networks and the online presence that people have. And you know, you've been kind of plugged into this network now for a while. You cut your teeth, got your chops early on. So you're really not coming into this blind. You know the challenges of, of you know, working with science and working with marketing and trying to bring a product to market. Well, before we kind of get into our topic, because I think it, it is really interesting, tell us a little bit more about Nuri. What is yeah. your vision, you know, behind the brand and, and what are you hoping to to accomplish with, with Nuri? Yeah, so I started working in consumer. Now it's been about 10 years. So I was 18 when I started. I'm 28 now. So um, I've worked on a number of different products, all within health and wellness. So different formats, though, beverages and some food products, um, and one thing that became really evident to me just in, in working on all these different products was the importance of the microbiome. And the microbiome is an ecosystem of bacteria that's living in your body and on your body. And, you know, we've started to hear more and more, and this is how I learned about it, was through gut health, right, and digestion. And so we came just you know, very fascinated in the fact that you can have all of these different trends or ingredients that are um, helpful. Uh, but at the end of the day, the underlying core of all of human health has to do with this microbiome and this ecosystem of bacteria. And so with that being said, I I uh, you know started the company in 2018 and um, started researching and developing um, different ways that we could deliver good bacteria to the body through probiotics and prebiotics in different formats. And uh, you know at the end of the day, Nori is what we would say a microbiome health company. Um, and our mission here is really to advance the world's transition to proactive health. So we do see, and uh, 2020 and 2021 were very uh, insightful uh, in this way. We do see that consumers are starting to interact with health and wellness more proactively than reactively. So we see that transition is happening. So kind of at the you know high level, the macro view, we would say Nori is a company advancing that transition through microbiome health and through making products very accessible so that uh, consumers, average American consumers, can really interact and transition more to a proactive um, approach to health. And the idea here is to you know, get ahead of some of the problems before they start and to prepare your body because we know that you know, there's viruses that come around and we just went through a very eye-opening few years with that. Um, and you, you need to prepare your body because it's not, if not COVID or something like that, it's just the normal kind of cold and flu season. And so, you you know, the best the best opportunity we have to keep people healthy is to keep you you know prepared every day. And so at the end of the day, yeah, we say that Nori is a, a brand that's uh, transitioning the world's uh, or advancing the world's transition to proactive health. And we're doing that through microbiome solutions. So gut and immune health. Yeah. So you've got these, you've got these products that allow people to be proactive. Then do you anticipate to like a platform where you continue to advance and do more scientific research and discovery and then put out products that support new findings? 
Yeah, absolutely. So what we've started with, and we're a very young brand to be doing this, uh, and we're going to continue to do so, we've actually published our own research paper. Um, We've published one study. We'll work on future studies as well. So one of the things that we started uh, with as a brand was, you know, a a core problem as compared to some of the leaders in the space, like a Procter & Gamble or a Clorox. These are all the different conglomerates that are in this this category. Uh, One of the core problems was delivery. And so we, you know, designed a product with a, a special and unique capsule that actually has, you know, the ability to put two two uh, substances in one capsule. So it's a capsule and capsule. So that was one of the initial findings was how can we deliver bacteria, probiotics better? Uh, how can we deliver them more efficiently? So we, we started with that and then we actually published a study around that capsule saying, hey, it actually does deliver twice the amount of viable cells to where they need to get to in the body. So that was kind of the first thing we did as far as advancement in science. And now we're looking at some really unique um, life stages. So we're looking at things like the first 1000 days of life. So that's conception to year two. And we're looking at kind of prenatal and infant health. So we're, we're right now developing, bringing out products in that life stage and, you know, everything is backed on existing clinical research. And then we will also invest in further research with our own products. So very focused on, um, the research end of things. And then, you know, there's a balance because we, we say kind of around Nori's that we don't want to do science just for science sake. We want to do science for the consumer's sake. So it's a very you know, crafted and focused approach to science where we want whatever we accomplish to end up on the front of packaging, right? Saying a new claim or being able to communicate something that doesn't currently um, exist within the category. Um, you sent me a nice sample package and I was looking at how everything was uh, put together and presented. And I wasn't. it wasn't until you just said that you were working on delivery in the special capsule that it kind of flashed back in my mind what I was looking at. I was, I thought it was really interesting because one of the capsules had, it looked like, yeah, I was reading the package, like a plant-based mm-hmm. gel or something. Uh, was that right? Is it a gel? It's an omega oil. It's a omega oil. oil. That's omega it. It was a plant-based oil. omega oil inside the capsule, but then there was another capsule there. Was well. So I thought it was real. Yeah, it was really cool. Now, is that something that, that you can patent or... I, yeah. Obviously, it's just it's just uh, packaging. But. We so what we can own. So we don't own the capsule technology. We partner with suppliers on the capsule technology. Um, we what we own is the the blend of bacteria and then our research around it and its effectivity. So we own more on the IP side, the intellectual property side. We have kind of what what you would call like a trade secret. So how, the way I explain that is, you know, for food and beverage. Um, brands, you can own different studies that you conduct around your products. But at the end of the day, like Coca-Cola, right? I mean, their intellectual property is their trade secret, their formula. So that's that's common for most food and beverage brands um, with supplements and different ingredients. Uh, we don't own the ingredients. Again, we partner with the suppliers. So there is a path forward where you could create a new ingredient. Um, and that's a, in a whole different 
kind of angle of a company. Uh, but for right now, what we own is we own our formulas, how they're constructed, how they're put together, and then we own the research that we do around each formula. So you can imagine the research is very important to us. Yeah, very, very important. And this was something that was really important to you too when we first spoke. And it, you know, you said one of the the missions really behind your company, like you just said now too. You know, you don't want to do science for science sake, but you, you and your team, you really want to make scientific advancements that are practical, so they become mm-hmm. accessible for everyone. Talk us through this this concept, because obviously. Uh, new scientific advancements can be expensive. And if you can't scale it, if you can't get it out in front of everyone, then it's almost, I won't say useless, but obviously it's just only for the very affluent. That's it. Yeah, you you nailed it. I mean, even just using the word that I used earlier in the conversation, microbiome, that's a brand new word for most people. And we're just starting to integrate that word into our brand. I mean, we see that consumers are very familiar with the word probiotic and the words gut health or immune health, uh, as you can imagine, are very familiar. But we, we really feel that we want to meet consumers where they're at. What, how we explain it is we love them too much to leave them there, right? So we want to meet them where they're at, but we want them to come along with us and to engage in better products and more advanced products because at the end of the day, there's a lot of people that are in pain because of these issues. And maybe it's coming out through immune deficiencies are getting sick more often than they should. Maybe it's coming out through digestive issues, maybe weight gain, or, you know, most recently there's just an incredible amount of research uh, with the gut and brain connection. So inability to focus. And these are, these are massive issues, right? Massive issues from a human health standpoint. And when you see people are suffering from these issues, they're not just suffering from these issues in California and New York where they can pay 50 or $100 a month for a fancy probiotic. I mean, they're suffering from these issues coast to coast and around the world. But just focused on the American consumer, you know, we wanted to create a brand that was definitely advancing the science and putting together products that are Know, worthy of the price, but also making sure that we reach the consumers. And so when we started the brand, we were at $40 a month or $40 for each product, right? So the products have 30 capsules in them. So it's a month supply. And you know, we've kept the formula exactly the same. We've kept the capsule technology exactly the same. Um, we worked really hard over the last year, year and a half on our supply chain and compressed internal margins, kept our team small, kept our overhead small, all of us working, you know, extremely hard. And we've been able to now offer this product at $19.99. And it's a huge reduction. Yes. And with that, we've also been able to unlock relationships, right, with our targets and our Walmarts and our CVSs of the world. And so we're going to be able to be really available to the consumers. And so, you know, you hear a lot and I I love direct-to-consumer businesses. They're great. Um, But I've always been a believer in omni-channel businesses, meaning approaching retail and online and being very accessible. And so, we feel that we've got, you know, a, a solid foundation, even though we are a young brand and we're scaling, it's incredibly challenging every day. We have a solid foundation now with the right product, the right price, and then now the right, you know, positioning and distribution. So we're really excited about that. And just from a, you know, from a, uh, you know, the mentality of the brand, we feel it's very important to focus on accessibility, um, especially right now. You look at what's going on in the economy and what's going on with inflation this year and 
um, just, you know, in, in the general sense, American families are struggling and having um, just, I don't, know, I don't know about you, you guys, I think are over $5 a gallon in Georgia, but when we're at $7 a gallon for diesel fuel in California, and so it's very challenging for average consumers. And, you know, our, our uh, predicament is that it's going to continue to be challenging. So we want to make sure that as, you know, health, you know, kind of hangs in the balance here in human health, um, as we head back into another cold and flu season and all these things are not going to go away. We want to make sure we meet consumers with a great product that's accessible. So yeah, it's very, very important to us. And as we've grown up as a brand the last couple of years, it's become more and more important to us. I've talked to other entrepreneurs who are really trying to solve similar problems in their space. I just had an interesting conversation within a plant-based food and they're just not able to create at scale. It's, you know, you can have a product that's great on the bench, but you just can't produce the volume and get the quality. And I was thinking kind of through what you're striving for is making everything more practical and accessible for everyone. You've got financial hurdles. There must be distribution hurdles. There could be engineering problems. Now I've seen, but I mean, I've seen your products. So that is a, uh, you know, it looks like it's coming off the line beautifully. So what, where are the challenges? What's the lesson here for people to learn, you know, taking something that's scientific and making it accessible? How do you go about doing that? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things that I would say here just in general and kind of to look under the hood of a company that you might engage with. And the the reality is that, you know, we've been very fortunate over the last couple of years to have incredible manufacturing relationships and partnerships. And so that's a huge deal because we wouldn't have anything without those relationships. And then there's just this, uh, I think, <laughs> internal, um, uh, you know, stream of, of, of uh, business that's uh, come up over the last few years, I think really due to an excess of venture capital and the idea is that, you know, you, you pay a lot to acquire consumers online. Your lifetime value of that consumer is sort of to be determined and you continue to dump money into acquiring these consumers online. So there's a pressure to make back that customer acquisition cost through your margin. So your margins are higher, right? And that's not traditionally the way that consumer worked. And we've seen incredible advancements in consumer products throughout the years. I mean, it's hard to deny that there haven't been advancements. There have been, um, but the advancements haven't been so reliant on this wheel of, you know, customer acquisition costs getting higher and higher and then trying to capture this lifetime value of the customer. And it's a hard, it's a hard wheel to get off of. And so, you know, one of the just key things that I would say to a, a product, you know, brand or any consumer brand rather coming up is, especially with the science, there's always a need to invest early on in science where you're going to need to raise capital most likely and burn money, right? You're going to be burning money month over month. But the the difference is, are you burning money on digital marketing that you may or may not ever see the return on? Or are you burning money on science and innovation, right? There's two big differences in those buckets. And I think, unfortunately, there are a lot of brands who are just burning incredible amounts of money on digital marketing. And, um, you know, the, the long-term effect of that is to be determined, but I would just really strongly suggest, especially if it is a consumer brand, that's doing something different, doing something new and focusing on innovation and science to, 
to be, you know, focusing your dollars there as well. And um, not to be too concerned about dumping as much money into things like social media or influencer campaigns, which are, you know, can be highly effective, but you also, you know, have a very hard time most often pointing back to a a return on investment with those things. So that's one point of just, um, uh, yeah, I would just say it's, it's, it's a business decision at the end of the day and it's a mentality decision at the end of the day, but we've really focused initially 90% or more of our capital has gone towards innovation and research. And now we're at a point where, yeah, we do get to spend some more money on marketing and growth. And that's very fun. But that came after as priority number two to the product, which has always been priority number one. So that's, that's one thing I would say. Um, and then, you know, just depending on how you are manufacturing your product. There's a lot of companies that manufacture their products themselves. And that's a very, I've done that before in the past. It's a very hard thing and I have a lot of respect for that. And there's a lot of companies that work with co-manufacturers or manufacturing partnerships. And um, either way, I mean, you just got to have a really good grip on your cost of goods and a really good grip on, on margins and margin requirement. But we see, you know, that there's still a lot of ability and a, a you know, strong path to having a, a solid omni-channel brand where you're available at retail at a competitive price and you're available online. When you're talking about scientific advancements, do you look at just how much it's going to cost to bring an idea to market and kind of weigh that out with how hard it would be to scale it. In other words, you 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 make perfect sense with what you're describing about having great manufacturing relationships and not dumping so much money into marketing. But when you're looking at science, there must be many different avenues and paths that you can go down. So don't you kind of have to weigh out which of those kind of scientific ideas you want to bring to market? Because some are just going to be much more expensive. Yeah. Yep. So that's a great point. So, you know, the answer that I would say to that is we look at consumer data and we look at where the demand is. And we started intentionally, you know, our brand with particular products that have a big, big demand, a huge market. And so we, you know, reduce risk. Yes, we're innovating and we're still risking um, a lot of dollars to build inventory and to get the product out on the shelf. But by starting with I'll give you an example, um, digestive health as our kind of flagship product and then bring out women's health after that. Those two products are the fastest growing um, areas of, of microbiome health and of the probiotic category. So when we look at making wise decisions, especially at the beginning where you really need to have some kind of earlier wins, you know, our digestive health product is the one that has the most distribution in stores. It'll be in about 3,500 stores this year and probably about five to 10,000 next year. And then women's health is right after that and then weight health after that. But we were intentional to focus the investment dollars first and foremost into that digestive health skew. Um, And we're making, you know, similar decisions as we go forward with all of our future innovation. So my answer to that would be, um, you really need to be in tune with the market and look at a lot of data and see where where the market is going. Um, and that's what we're doing right now with the future innovation as well. That makes sense. As soon as you started answering the question, I thought I should have I should have seen that. <laughs> but 
Yeah, it, it makes sense because that's you have, you're making the decision about which product you do want to bring to market because you know the market will support it. And you're not talking yeah. about going off and blazing a brand new trail because that, now you're getting into consumer education and so on and so forth. And that is a massive undertaking. I think you see things like that being done by really big conglomerates. You know, um, they've got the deep pockets to do that. I think you're you're taking a more you know, realistic approach. You know, we have X amount of dollars. We need to go after a market that we know we can affect and make change in. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I would say though, there's format wise to your point, there's kind of, and I've done this with the path startup. It's very difficult when you're building a new brand and you're building a new category simultaneously. It's very difficult to do that. We're not with this particular product line, we're not building a new category. The category exists. We're entering the category with a better product. So there's you know different um, different ways to approach bringing the product to life and how it's going to live in a competitive nature. Um, the interesting thing is that you know I would actually push back a little bit on the conglomerates are doing some innovation, but more often than not, they're acquiring companies that are really innovative. So I still think that both in format and in research and innovation, that the the smaller companies are leading the charge with, with pushing, you know, pushing the needle. And then the larger companies are kind of sitting back, seeing how things go, whether it's a food, a beverage, a supplement, it doesn't matter. I mean, sitting back, seeing how things progress and then desiring maybe to, uh, invest in that company strategically or to acquire that company. So it's, it, it is an interesting time right now because the M&A, the mergers and acquisitions are just continuing to grow and grow and grow. You, you bring up a good point because they can sit back and kind of pick the winners. That's it. Yep. You know, so you talked about uh, shouldering the risk and the burden. You absolutely are. And that's how the big companies can avoid some of that, right? Is just go in and, and pick off whatever a uh, new brand or category that's been been opened up. I mean, we see this with Coca-Cola all the time. I mean, how many that's new right. ideas have they had? I mean, nothing. They just they just <laughs> they they just acquire. Yeah, they have a they have a leg. I don't know if they've folded it or they still have it open, but they called it Venture and Emerging Brands (VEB). And they have a, you know they have an acquisition arm where they have again this pocket of money. They actually invested in the first company that I was a part of called Suja, and so yeah, we we went through that whole process. Um, and and you know and then you've got now everyone with that type of arm. You've got uh, you know uh, Kellogg's. You've got uh, you know General Mills. Uh, all all of all of the large food companies have this sort of innovation and and um, investment platform where they can either say, hey, here's sometimes as little as 250 or $500,000, or they can pay a crazy multiple and say, we'll buy the brand outright. But they're set up in such a way now where they have that flexibility. So are you going to try to hold true to your your mission and uh, be independent? Or do you think one day <laughs> when these big brands come a knock and you think you'll listen, what do you, as an owner, what do you think that's... Uh... Yeah, it's an easy answer. I'll, I'll never sell the company. And I've gone through that in the past with different things that I've been involved in or invested in. And um, there's certain things that, you know, the ownership groups decide to sell. Um, but Nori is life work for me and we're not going to sell. So, yeah, we're just uh, setting up really good structures and procedures to scale and to innovate um, and to just find that right balance between, it's not really balance, I guess it's more of a tension, but find that right tension between how much money goes into scaling, how much money goes into innovation. And so, you know, we'll we'll figure that out little by little and 
each season of the business is a bit different, but we're, we're not planning on selling. I mean, in an ideal state, I'd pass it along to a child or uh, a family member. So we're, we're going to be privately held and we've got shareholders and, um, you know, different models of returning great value to those shareholders. Um, but we're, we're happy and uh, privately held. <laughs> so I think what you'll see from Nori is a lot of innovation, a lot of scaling, both online and at retail. And then maybe we'll acquire brands someday. I don't know. There you um, go. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of the plan of attack for us. We've got it. We've got our work cut out. So we, we take one day at a time, but yeah, we're, we're uh, a happy bunch here. Very, very small team. And everyone's uh, shares the same mentality that we're going to be doing this together for a long time. And, uh, you know, providing for our families and, and also really helping people uh, all around the world now. We're just getting ready to launch in Asia. So it'll be really exciting to continue to grow. Well, if people want to find out more about your product, what's where's the best place for them to go? Is there like a store locator on the website? Yeah. So there's a store locator. I would say just head over to the website and it's just www.dailynori.com. You can buy the products there. You can get discounts there on your first product, all of that fun stuff. And then, yeah, we're excited to, we're in, we're in HEB in Texas. We're going to be in all of the Albertsons and Safeways across the country. We'll be in Walmart. We'll be in Target all by uh, about October timeframe. So we're very busy. As we speak, it's July 12th. So over the next 90 days, we've got about 3,300 more stores coming online. Uh, and then by, by this time next year, you should be able to find us in just about any store across the country. So we will, uh, be popping up left and right, wherever you're at in the country. And, um, yeah. And then it, of course you can just buy it online and get it shipped right to your door. Yeah, it's, that's exciting. It's always fun to find a company that's scaling and growing. You guys are certainly in that, uh, on that hockey stick, uh, trajectory right now. Uh, before we close though, you had mentioned that you're really in that, uh, kind of kind of like proactive and preventative, mm -hmm. you know, you want people to, you know, take more ownership for themselves of, of over their health. Um, and some of the, you know, some of the probiotics and microbiome, you know, uh, terminology is new. People mm -hmm. are learning about that. Do you offer a, like a study or a test, or do you recommend people go get a test or something to find out what they need? Because, you see these products and you think, well, which of it do I need? Yeah. So, you know, it's a great question. There are a couple of tests that I would say are, are coming up. The The idea that you can create a personalized probiotic though, is, is from a microbiology standpoint, a uh, really tough argument to make because to have a perfect personalized probiotic you don't have access to the bacteria that you would need at scale to actually make that for someone. So what we do is we say, you know, depending on your needs, you know, for us, we've kind of taken the approach of our digestive health product, for example, has you know, five diverse strains of bacteria, 30 billion CFU, and you take one capsule a day. So that's going to hit you know, 90 plus percent of the general population. Those bacteria, the lactobacillus and the bifidobacteria that we use are common strains that every everybody can really absorb and, and their, their um, microbiome will benefit from. And then we have more specific you know, products like a women's health or uh, you know, weight health for specific desired outcomes. Um, but as far as the tests are concerned, where you send in stool samples, et cetera, and then there's a lot of these companies that then create a personalized probiotic. 
um, not only is it expensive and hard for you know a, an average consumer to interact with that type of process, it's also you know really a hard argument to make that you can have the perfect probiotic for anyone. So what I would suggest people do is learn about the strains and learn about where they're coming from. Are they quality strains? Do they have research behind them? And you know, for example, if you're struggling with immunity which strains are beneficial, et cetera. So we're putting together a really nice education uh, website and, and video and stuff. So I would say stay tuned over the next month. That will all be up and running. Um, but yeah, to, to, to your point, I would say, you know, reach out to us. What we do from a customer service standpoint, we talk to consumers and get them set up with the right products if they're confused. Um, yeah, and then, and then having something that you can take for the rest of your life, ideally, right? Something that you can take consistently every single day. Now, can you mix and match? Because obviously, the the products I saw you had, um, you, know, you had the, the the gut health. Then there was the um, you know immunity, women's health. So, in uh, weight loss. So, how does that work? Does does a person just pick one and work with that one? Can they combine them? Yep. So I would say it's pretty, uh, to keep it pretty straightforward, I focus on diversity of strains. Getting diversity of strains into your body is incredibly important. And then the delivery mechanism, right? That's why we use the capsule that we do. You can totally mix them. I take two or three different ones a day. Um, it, you can't, it, it can't hurt. We say start with one though, because everyone's body is different. And if you've never taken a probiotic, you know, your body might have more of an adjustment period to it. So start with one, but for the people that, you know, are familiar with probiotics and, and have a diverse um, diet to begin with um, and a healthy diet to begin with, you can easily take two or three different ones a day. So it's, you know, the, for example, like the weight health is a very specific product kind of built around this bacteria called lactobacillus gasseri. And it has wonderful clinical studies that if you take the product consistently for 12 weeks, you see a you know, reduction in body mass index, reduction of hip circumference, waist circumference, like some pretty profound um, weight management uh, outcomes. And so that's a more specific consumer who's looking to manage their weight consistently through a probiotic. Um, women's health and digestive health. I mean, those are the two that I don't want to take every single day and I, I mix them no problem, but we always recommend just start with, you know, one capsule a day. If you've never taken a probiotic, we'd say start with the digestive health product and get your body comfortable with that. And then you can always increase the dosage or, or switch products around. Well, this has been a, a very informal, uh, a very informative and educational, uh, session here with you, not just about the choices of how to build a brand, but also into some of the science behind, you know, what, what people can do. So um, thank you for, for coming in to uh, winning at work and kind of sharing all these, these great ideas. And um, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Is that just like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram? Yeah, so LinkedIn's great. Uh, I would say I've, I haven't been using Instagram or too much social media over the last couple of years. Uh, I've been busy building the company, but yeah, you can, <laughs> you can, you can do LinkedIn or just email me. My email is just C at dailynori.com. Just the letter C again. I love, I'll, I'll respond to every single person. I jump on the phone with people all the time. So I'd say email's great. Phone's great. Um, yeah, have been spending less and less time on socials, but, um, yeah, that's how I would say email is, is the best. That's great. Well, we'll put all that, we'll put all that in the uh, show notes, uh, awesome. Caroline, what, was there anything you wanted to say that I didn't ask anything that you just want to get out there before we close up? 
No, I, I mean, the only thing I would say is just, uh, you know, encourage people to, you know, shameless plug for the products, but really just a, a you know, a health, a, you know, PSA here of the importance of gut health. And we're going to head back into the winter and there's going to be a lot of, I think, talking of another wave of COVID or whatever it may be. And instead of getting, um, you know, fearful with anything that's going on, I would just take control over things and make sure, you know, you're getting out, getting some good exercise, getting outside and then engage in some of these products. And if you don't like them, we're happy to send you your money back. Um, our goal is really just to make sure that people uh, start to take a step forward and that we have less less fear in the world because there's there's enough of that going around oh, and Lord, I, I know there ever. i know there's more more on the on the forefront so just from a stress standpoint too um yeah again just try the products it's you know twenty dollars and if you hate it we'll send you your money back so it's pretty pretty simple deal um but yeah i that's that's the last thing i would say and uh, thank you so much for having me on and for this interview it's been great to get to know you and uh, a wonderful talk to get together yeah, well, thank you. It's good to you know, it's good. It's good for us to dive into these more scientific uh, approaches to to companies and innovation and marketing. It's a it's a very complicated space to be in, and so it's it's great to to find an entrepreneur that is um, kind of walking the walk and and learning how to scale. And I'm I'm sure we'll have other conversations as we as we watch you grow and kind of learn from you and what you've done. So thanks so much, Caroline. Yeah, thank you.